You are listening to Our Urban Voices with Dr. Alphonse Javet, a podcast that presents Christian narratives through diverse voices that impact urban ministry. Here is your host. In this podcast, we cover everything from churches and church planting efforts, mission and missions organization evangelism, and unreached people groups, emerging movements and initiatives, justice, current events related to faith, and the persecuted church, to author interviews, and more. Let's get to it. Hello, and welcome back to a special edition of Our Urban Voices. As an extension of the Heart for Muslims conference, all of this month's episodes explore the 2022 conference theme, the power of proximity, how your location, culture, and shared experience can bring Christ to Muslims. I'm your host, Dr. Alphonse Javed. Today, I'm joined by Laura. She serves as a mobilizer for Latin America, sharing about God's heart for Asia and the Middle East with local churches. Laura's hope is to see more Latino engaging Middle Easterns. For security reason, she goes by the name Laura. So our topic today focuses on near culture missions, Latinos bringing the gospel to Middle Easterns. Before we jump in, a little about our friend and our guest, Laura. She is originally from South America and attended, and attended seminary in New York City. She has been engaging people from other cultures for over five years. She has engaged, uh, she has engaged with the woman through social media. And uh, while she lived in New York City, she served in a local ESL program, program where she engaged Muslim women. Thanks for joining us today, Laura. Thank How you for you? having me, brother. I'm doing well. Yeah, glad to be here. All right. So before we start our conversation, I, I would love our, our audience to hear about uh, you. It would be awesome if you can share a little bit about your uh, um, family with us. Sure. Um, so, well, as you mentioned, I'm a Latina. And so, yes, family is very important for us. <laughs> um, I'm one of four children. Two of my siblings are married, um, the oldest and the youngest. I have a nephew. Uh, I'm currently living in South America. Uh, and I think something that we have in common with my siblings and my parents is our heart to serve others. Yeah. And something that it's really interesting that I think doesn't happen much in the States is that I live with my parents, even though... You know, I'm a grown up, <laughs> but I, I still live with my parents. And because why not? Right. It's like, yeah, right. I will say this is actually very common in the Latino families. You stay with your parents until you get married. <laughs> so and yeah, not only it, Latinos. Yeah. And that's exactly how Muslim culture is. Eastern culture is very much similar to Latino culture where uh, what you just said. Uh, yeah. You live in the same household. You stay in that same uh, uh, family building. And uh, your children are born there and their children are born there. So, mm -hmm. yeah, it's, I, I completely agree. It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my whole family is same. Uh, the ladies, uh, when they got married, my sisters, they moved out. Um, of course, I mean, they went to be uh, with their, uh, they left to be with their husbands, wherever their houses were. And uh, my brothers, 
uh, they are still with my parents and their uh, wives are there and their children are there. So that's pretty cultural thing. Yeah. Uh, to start, please, uh, um, l- let me uh, move us back to our um, our conversation about Heart for Muslims and Muslim culture and Middle East and all that. One of the things that you mentioned previously, uh, how you were surprised by the way you felt at home in the Middle East. What are some examples of the cultural similarities that you notice as a Latino in the Middle East? One being this, just what I just said, you know, we are talking about families and we are comparing actually similar similarities as we are talking about. So go ahead, start there. And then I'll, I'll ask you about your spiritual journey in a minute. Go ahead. Okay. So when I got to the Middle East, I was really surprised. I was like looking around. I was like, I'm on the other side of the world. And I do feel familiar, like even the way that structure of the the place where I was, it was just very interesting for me. So I went on and I started asking other Latinos that were there. And I was like, okay, let's talk about these similarities because there are similarities. So I can mention five. And I will say the first one is hospitality or that warm culture that we call. And it's that people are very welcoming, uh, like us. <laughs> and like, if you get to someone's home, they will offer you food. They will offer you the best that they have, right? And that's something that happens here. I remember growing up uh, having lots of people coming over, and you will be just like offering, you know, uh, everything that you that you have at home. So that's one of the things: the hospitality or warm culture. And the second one is the family, as we were t- just talking. Um, family plays a very important role in society uh, for us, for them, and family events, like all the things that you have in common, like people get together with extended family, you know, ankles, aunts, mm-hmm. like everyone in the, in the, in the family will right. come, like the cousin that you have never seen, but you will meet at some point. So I feel like that's very, very, like that, that's a thing that we have in common too. The other thing that I will uh, that I will say is the role of men mm-hmm. in both cultures, right? And which is like machismo, as we call it here. Um, so that was also something that I found that it was very, very similar, and even uh, the religiosity too, because mm-hmm. even though uh, we're not, you know, Muslims, but we there are a lot of. Um, the Catholic system and the mm-hmm. traditions and mm-hmm. all of that mm-hmm. are things that we can relate in terms of the the commitment to their religion and all of right. that. Right. Yeah. And both religion are work-based religion anyways. So that's, there is also that idea of uh, work-based uh, faith too. Um, yeah. So let me take you back now. Share a little bit about your spiritual journey, how you got involved in in in, in ministry uh, to Middle Eastern. So let me take you back and then we'll move forward again. Okay. So I grew up in a family uh, that loves God and loves serving the community of believers and mm-hmm. others. Um, so a big part of my life growing up was in what we call the church context. <laughs> so I remember helping my grandmother cleaning the church. And she will do it with so much love because mm-hmm. she will say, this is for the Lord. So I was very involved in that context from a very uh, young age. And mm-hmm. when I was eight years old, 
I think that's the, the time where I, uh, I had an encounter with God and when I decided to consciously give my life to him. So I decided mm. to follow him. And I feel like that's something that I've been doing multiple times uh, <laughs> through my whole life is that mm-hmm. recommitment, uh, recommitting, sorry, my, myself to him. And in terms of how I got involved um, in this ministry to Middle Easterners, I will say it happened gradually. It started when I attended a missions conference a couple, well, like nine years ago or 10 years ago, where I was able to grasp uh, God's heart for the nations. Mm. And I started praying for the nations and my prayers started to be, here I am, Lord, send me whatever you want, even though it seems impossible. Like how someone Mm. from, you know, uh, a family here in this country can get to the other side of the world. And, but he, he answered (laughs) Mm. and he started putting you know, the Middle East in my heart. And so I started being more intentional, praying for them specifically. And seven years after that, I was able to go to the Middle East mm-hmm. in a short-term missions trip that I had with um, an organization. And that trip was just, it just flamed that passion in my heart, wow. the passion that the Lord had placed. So I started thinking on, I need to learn more about, you know, these cultures and their religion uh, Mm -hmm. so that I can connect with them, knowing Mm -hmm. more what I'm doing, you know, and what God is doing overall. (laughs) So that's when I, that's where I moved to New York City. Mm -hmm. My first encounter with Muslims was in the Middle East. Before that, I've never seen one. I've just Hmm. heard about them, you know. Um, But when I moved to the Middle East, to the Middle East when I moved, sorry, to New York City um, mm-hmm. to, to learn more about intercultural studies. Um, mm-hmm. And wow, I believe this is one of the, the best places in the world to, mm-hmm. to learn more about this, right? Yeah, yeah. So while I was studying there, uh, I started looking, praying and looking for opportunities to connect with, with women uh, from the Middle East. So I met some of what now I'm are my uh, Muslim friends. And I met them through other friends and through a local ESL program where I was helping for some time. So that's how yeah. I got involved. That's that's really cool. Um, and both places now, let me try to pull this together, uh, put this together. So in Middle Eastern um, cultural con- uh, context, you, you saw those similarities, right? Um, as uh, a Latina. And then uh, here in New York, when you were working and going to school and uh, doing all, all different things you have done here, you also um, saw some, learn new things. I'm, I'm sure you learned new things. So based on some of the reactions that you have gotten from Middle Easterns, whether there or here, what similarity, similarity do you think they have noticed as well? I will say um, the the people oriented kind of like the the proximity with them and like just having the time like if I visited them I didn't have an agenda really mm. because <laughs> it's like if I'm time oriented I lost because mm. they're just they just want to drink tea 
They want to eat sweets. They want to dance. They want to do okay. all these things that I think they realize or they recognize. They saw that, that I was like open and flexible and like, yeah, mm -hmm. just go with the flow, you know? So I would say that's one of, one of the things that come to mind in this, nice. in this moment. Yeah. Yeah. This, this is, you're right. Uh, even, uh, um, well, I've been here way too long to have those things in my mind anymore, more, but uh, this is something surprises me when, uh, you know, when you're sitting with the Middle Easterns, they can just, they just lose the concept of time. And there's a joke, you know, often, often the joke is like, uh, um, you know, South Asians or Middle Easterns are always late to things. But same thing goes with that too. Is they just they don't have that kind of uh, they're not constrained to time when the relationship yeah. is taking place. In relationship, you just consume by relationship, and therefore even the middle uh, the services when I travel and do I'm a pastor, so when I travel and speak or preach, uh, their services are very different. Um, they are longer and the more even like. When the service is over, still there's fellowship element going on mm -hmm. and spend more time. Um, so I, I totally see your point. Um, that's a, yeah. So they see the similarities if we approach between, I can see the similarities between uh, um, yeah. uh, Latino culture and uh, Middle Eastern culture in that respect too. Um, did you know Arabic or any of the Middle Eastern languages before you begin this ministry? Have you found this to be a benefit or obstacle in ministry? Well, so I did not know Arabic and I yeah. still don't know Arabic, just a little bit. Shraya, shraya, <laughs> as they okay. say. Um, do I think, I think it depends on where you are reaching out to them. So when I went to the Middle East and I didn't know Arabic at all, mm -hmm. um, it was frustrating for me not to be able to communicate. But at the same time, I was, I was really grateful to be able to speak English because mm. of course, English is not my first language, right? Mm. So mm. having English for me was like, wow, this is the way to communicate. Of course, mm. Spanish, it's nothing here. No one, will, no <laughs> one speaks Spanish. So I was grateful for that. And I think that was the tool that God used um, and I didn't take it for granted because it was really a blessing to be able to communicate in some yeah. ways. So I was able to communicate in English with some people um, and then through English uh, with most of the people with a translator, you know? Yeah. So that was a blessing for me. Yeah. So English, yeah, English has become that first uh, primary yeah. way to communicate with Middle Easterners in my experience. Yeah. And, and again, if you know the culture and you understand not, not only know the culture in sense that you learned it, rather you come from the same culture, it's much easier to deal with people who are not of the uh, same language. So for mm -hmm. example, uh, my first, first time I came out of uh, Pakistan was uh, I went to Greece. Now Greece, even though it's a European country, but in many ways they are Eastern. Because mm. like between East and West. So it's, it was a beautiful, perfect place for me. It was not too Western or uh, too Eastern. It just gave me, it was just perfect. But from there, my journey continued. I went to Afghanistan, Iran. And in those countries, the culture did not change. Only change was the language. 
So my early days were the same way. I uh, have experienced the same thing in Afghanistan and Iran, even though I didn't know the language, but the culture was same. That allowed me, it allowed me to build relationship and even prosper in those relationship and mm. in, in the mission work. So I completely understand that. So now let's uh, switch um, gears a bit. And uh, what I want to do is uh, go back to talking about um, your role as a mobilizer. What types of uh, engagements or uh, ministry opportunities do you talk to churches about? Okay, so in our Latina context, um, I think there has been a shift that has been going on for over 30 years, right? Which is going from being a missions field mm -hmm. to becoming a missions force. And that kind of conversation has been going on, but not all the community here, it's aware of that. Mm. So there are still many that are waiting for people to come and reach those that are next to us. And, and so in that sense, there, like, I will say my role is in the opportunities that I, that I have to engage with local churches is to share about God's heart and love mm -hmm. for the nations, mm -hmm. to share about the need, the reality that, that people are living and to go from that uh, proximity and mm -hmm. the opportunities that we have to connect with them, even though they seem to be so far in some ways, you know? So I think that's, that's how I engage with the, with the local churches and in national events or the places where I'm able to talk. Uh, I start with looking at God's mission because it starts in his heart, right? Mm -hmm. And when we mm -hmm. get to grasp that, um, and we get to see the reality now and the opportunities, uh, the opportunities that I share with them is, is starting where we are and looking at the migration. There are many Muslims here in our countries, um, even though they're not like big communities like in New York, you know, mm -hmm. but there mm -hmm. are opportunities and we need to start seeing them, but also um, using our um, occupation or our uh, profession, you know, it's it's like how can I even with for youth, uh, especially for youth, is how can I go out and you know work, use the tools that I have in my hand in a different context, in a different country, and how that can be the platform to share God's love with other people. How can I engage with other people? in different contexts through, you know, being a student or finding a job, um, all those things that are out there because God, it's working. Yeah, <laughs> and he's right. like, you know, we need more workers for this, for his harvest. So yeah. that's kind of how I start engaging and the, the focus that I give. Okay. So what kind of response do you receive in Latin American churches when you talk about ministry to Middle Easterns? I think there there are many preconceptions uh, mm. of Middle Easterners. So to get to show them as they are, they're people just like us whom God loves. Mm -hmm. um, that moment for the people that are listening, it's just like, oh, you know, it's like, wow, this is awesome. It's mm -hmm. true. Like why I didn't see this before. 
and that passion and that like interest is just amazing <laughs> so it has been like that it's awakening latin america and so it's it's good to to start seeing those kind of responses of course there are many that have a lot of questions there are people that are like but it is safe is it safe you know all the things that social media had placed in there that we need to go against and like really show them that there are just people like us and that god loves them so i feel like there is interest and people are um willing to learn more so when we have trainings or when we have like workshops on all of these things more and more people are getting involved because um there is interest to see how god is working and how they can join him in what he's mm -hmm. doing before we close what practical steps would you offer to other latinos who are interested in outreach to muslims but are not uh sure where to start how would you encourage them i will say start praying okay <laughs> start praying and be mm -hmm. intentional just do it you know it's like learn more about muslims in the mm -hmm. area where you are like if you're a latino in the us Man, mm -hmm. there are so many opportunities. Mm -hmm. Um, or if you are wherever you are, it's like find pray for that and find opportunities to connect with people. Walk to the deli, right? You know, in the corner mm -hmm. and get to know the, the owner or get some halal food and mm -hmm. ask their names. It start with the 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 simple quote unquote things, mm -hmm. um, but that will lead to a relationship. Right. And just share with them about your life. Be transparent, um, because I I had I had said it. God is working, and there's so many ways that He's inviting us to join Him. So, yeah. those are some practical steps. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a, it's one of those the as you said that pray, but take initiative. It's being intentional about those uh, people who whom God has put. Um, around you or God has put you among either way. Um, I think it's important to know that uh, you got to initiate that, right? Mm. Um, one of the things I, I was thinking as you were talking is so much easier uh, for Pakistani or um, Arab person or South Asian Muslim to engage with a, um, a, a Latin person than a white American uh, a Caucasian person is simply because the way they see them politically and uh, mm -hmm. uh, what they have always known and right away they see them as a I'm talking about from the perspective of Muslim community they see them as threat but when they see a uh, Latino uh, individual Latin person is is the threat threat is already gone they lower mm -hmm. their guards down that gives uh, I think that gives uh, 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 guards people opportunity to share the gospel, and I think that's something um, we shouldn't should never um, undermine. That the God that the, if there's a cultural aspect exists, if all these things exist, all we need to do is just step in. Yeah. So finally, Laura, how can people listening to this podcast pray for you and your ministry and the Middle Easterns uh, who still need to hear about Jesus? Well, thank you for, for asking this. Um, I think just continue to pray for that awakening in mm -hmm. the Latin American church. 
mm-hmm. uh, to be open to God's heart and Amen. to step in into what he is calling us to during this time, but also to do it in partnership with yeah. those that have gone <laughs> and mm-hmm. have done all this for so mm-hmm. many years that we yeah. can have that openness to learn from from you guys, you know, from the North as we talk um, and that we can grow together so that yeah. more will hear about yeah. his love. Is there anything else uh, that you would like to add? No, I think there, there's so many opportunities. I think yeah. that is working and it is time for us to step in. So just sure. let's do it. <laughs> Amen. That's good. That's a good charge. So thank you so much uh, for being on the show. Again, that was uh, Laura. She serves as a mobilizer among Latin American churches to help them engage Middle Easterns. This episode has been part of uh, this month's series on the power of proximity. And thank you to all our listeners. If you appreciate this podcast, please be sure to subscribe to the show and leave an honest review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Tune in next week for more honest conversations from diverse voices. You've been listening to Our Urban Voices with Dr. Alphonse Javed, which presents Christian narratives through diverse voices that impact urban ministry. Please check back for new episodes every week.